2: This is The California Report magazine. I'm Alex Hall, in for Sasha Coca. For the last few months, we've been bringing you stories about people who've been disproportionately impacted by the coronavirus and by police violence. Today we're bringing you a different kind of story. We're going inside a Latino church in the Central Valley, where parishioners are struggling with a question—whether their priest is a miracle worker and channel for God's healing, or a sexual predator. That priest is Jesus Antonio Castaneda Serna. To his followers, Father Antonio. Some of Father Antonio's followers swear he is innocent. Others say they were willing to risk deportation to bring him to justice.
3: A lot of people are scared because a lot of them are immigrants. It's just like, oh, if we do testify, we might get deported. I would just keep my mouth shut.
2: Today, A story about what it's like to speak out when you have everything to lose. A warning to listeners, this story contains graphic descriptions of sexual violence and may be triggering for some people. It's not appropriate for children. It's an early fall morning at a community clinic on the south side of Fresno, November 12, 2014. A 40-year-old man with a mustache— tall, about six foot one, sits in a doctor's office. He shifts nervously on the paper rolled out over the exam table, and he waits for the doctor to come back.
4: Orinaba sangre, orinaba, orinaba, he says the past couple of days there's morado, been blood in
2: his urine. The skin around his groin is purple and bruised. After a family member noticed specks of blood in the toilet bowl, she offered to drive him to the doctor. But he said no, it's okay, and drove himself. At the doctor's office, it's all good news. The tests come back normal. He's okay. But the man says he wants an ultrasound.
4: The
2: doctor asks more questions. Questions he can't answer.
4: He says he can't
2: tell the truth about how he actually got hurt how, as he would later explain to police, what happened took place inside the office of Father Antonio Castaneda, a well-known priest who had offered to help him. It's difficult, he says. I mean, a man touches another adult man. What was I going to say? He touched me? It's kind of ridiculous, he says. People wouldn't have believed him. Realizing that he's unable to answer the doctor's questions, he decides just to let it go.
0: Buenas tardes, ¿cómo están? ¿Y dónde está mi muchacho? It would
2: be years before Father Antonio, who followers called El Padrecito Que Hace Milagros, or the priest who performs miracles, would be held accountable by church officials and ultimately police. I'm sitting in the crowd at one of his Sunday Masses in the summer of 2019. Even from several rows back, it's clear that Father Antonio has charisma. He's a small man, slightly stocky with glasses, his head shaved on the sides. He wears green robes and greets parishioners through a headset, his voice blaring out of the church's PA system. For years, Antonio had a huge following in Fresno's Latino community. His parishioners liked him because he spoke the gospel in a way that related to their everyday lives.
4: The
0: way he explains the word of God is alive. You feel it, compared to other churches where the word is dead, honestly. You leave sleepy, and here you leave energized.
3: He explains the word in a way you can understand. Father
2: Antonio was what some people called a cool priest. He talked about sex, he cussed, he told it like it was. And there were rumors that if Father Antonio prayed for you, God would heal you. There was the story of the dying patient he brought back from life support, the man who parishioners said levitated off the floor while they prayed for him in an apparent exorcism led by Father Antonio. According to one parishioner, the church once had a yard sale, and a woman walked up and asked, where can I find the priest who performs miracles? The way the story goes, Father Antonio simply replied, there is no priest here who performs miracles. It's God. Father Antonio was the lead pastor at Our Lady of Guadalupe, a Spanish-language congregation of the local Anglican diocese. People gravitated to his services, guided by the hope and sometimes desperation that he could heal them. Maria Estevez and her husband, Salvador, everyone calls him Chava, came to the church at a time when their marriage was at a breaking point, and they were searching for answers.
0: The last thing I remember is going and hiding on a corner, quiet place, and crying and crying and crying.
2: Chava was on the verge of a mental breakdown. He told Maria, take the kids. He didn't want anyone to see him in the state he was in.
0: And Father Antonio, I I think it was like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And he says, I'll be at your house right now. He dropped whatever he was doing, and he went straight to the house. And he prayed for me that day. And he said, you have been touched by the Holy Spirit. Everything is going to change from today on. And I believed it, And it happened.
2: He says he was a changed man, and he and Maria reconciled. Chava says Father Antonio told him being touched by the Holy Spirit didn't just happen to anyone.
0: He believed in me. He, he believed. It. He says, mm-hmm. you are something special. People started to do these things. You didn't have to.
3: Oh, he would tell me, you don't know the gifts you have for praying, you can do this, you, you can pray and God is going to work through you, I mean, things that you never even thought about.
0: At the beginning, he'll go all the way, he'll go 100% to do whatever you need.
2: Father Antonio chose Maria and Chava to join an exclusive group of people in the church called the ministros, or ministers, who had coveted positions as Antonio's trusted assistants. Maria says Father Antonio taught them the tradition of the laying of hands, holding special masses where people who wanted to receive God's healing would go to the front of the church where the altar was. Antonio would hold his hands over a person's forehead and they would fall on the ground. The thinking was that they had been overtaken by the Holy Spirit. Father Antonio called this descansar en el espíritu, or rest in the spirit. He
3: does like he's taking out something. So he'll push in the skin of the person really hard where it will hurt the person. And then he'll pull. Not the skin. He'll just pull something with his hand and pray on it. And we start doing that. We would start doing that.
2: In case you didn't catch that, Maria says the ministros would mimic Father Antonio, removing invisible substances from people's bodies, kind of like an imaginary surgery.
3: So I start trusting him more than just a normal person, that I would trust a normal person. And when I start getting, being guided by him, I can think less, I can speak less. So a little less thinking in my part and more allowing him to tell me what to do, where to go, how to be. I mean, he got to the point of what
2: I needed to wear. One day, when her husband Chava was having an especially difficult moment, Maria says Antonio called her and told her, I'm coming over. Tell your
3: husband to take a shower. And when he got to the house, he said, OK, take off all your clothes and just put, leave on your boxers. And then he started putting oil on him and his legs, his arms, his chest, and praying and saying, Look, 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 do you see the do you see this? Do you see that? Normal praying. But then he said to me, then he got to his upper leg and then he said to me, Now you pray with it for him in his private parts. I didn't know what to do. But he said he encouraged me. He says do it, do it. And, and, and I said, well, I put my hands there in his privates, under his, but I didn't know what to do. And he says, just rub oil. That's what he told me. And then I, I really stopped because I didn't know what I was doing. Maria says, looking back, she knows how that sounds. And if people outside of this church hears that, they know that that is not good. That, that is uh, not normal, but people within the church don't see it that way because we trust him so much. That's it. I would never think that he was doing anything else other than the prayer. In some Latin American countries
2: and Latino communities in the U.S., it's common to consult a sobador, or traditional healer, who uses massage to alleviate pain or discomfort. So the lines were blurred. Was it okay for Father Antonio to ask people to take off their clothes and rub oil on their backs and legs? Or later on, when police found Father Antonio had a massage table in his office and a door with no window, was that okay? Chávez says the ministro saw Antonio as an expert. He explains it like this. When you go to the doctor for an uncomfortable procedure, yeah, it might be painful, but you know it's good for you, so you do it. That's how it was with Antonio. The ministros believed that what he was showing them was for their own good.
0: But I believe the reason why he does those things also is because there will be one day that, like, these moments that, we, that we're going and expecting people to keep it quiet.
2: But not everybody did. At the beginning of our story today, we met Luis, the man who had gone to see a doctor because of blood in his urine. We're not using Luis's real name, because he's an alleged victim of sexual assault. Luis, as it turns out, had struggled with an addiction to meth for years.
4: the
2: The first time Luis found himself in Father Antonio's office, he says the priest told him he was cursed and predicted he would be dead in several
4: days. Mis me, me ahí. Bueno, a mi porque... Luis
2: says he had been dragged there by his parents and his brother, who believed Father Antonio could help Luis get back on his feet.
4: Tu la en ti...
2: Luis told me, when your family loses hope in you, you'll do anything to get it back. But he couldn't regain their trust alone, and he could see that his family respected and admired Father Antonio. They said, this priest heals people. So he says he got close to the church, and he got close to God. That's how the massages started. After three days, Luis says, he went back to Father Antonio's office. At first he went every day, after that a couple of times a week. During the sessions, he says, Father Antonio would have him stripped down to his boxers and lay down. Antonio would apply oil all over his body, roughly kneading his skin and praying. The intensity of the massages was so forceful. Sometimes, Luis says, he would come home with bruises on his neck and chest. Other times, he could barely walk. He and Father Antonio would also talk. Luis says he confided in the priest that he had been in prison years ago for selling drugs. During one of those appointments, Luis says Father Antonio told him, that he needed to see his semen in order to determine how he needed to be cured.
4: Dijo, es que Luis que says
2: que he and Father Antonio were in the church office, de... and Father Antonio said, I have to see it, my boy. I have to cure whatever it is you have. I need to see it. And Luis says he told him no. He says Antonio insisted two, three times.
4: I said, well... Lo hago, pero solo. Y allá.
2: Finally, Luis says, he told Father Antonio, OK, I'll do it, but I'm doing it alone and not in here. Luis says he went into another room and tried to masturbate, but he
4: couldn't.
2: There were more sessions, and Luis says, Father Antonio told him, I have to see your semen. I'm really struggling with this. It's eating away at me. At night, I can't sleep. You know, you're carrying a lot of negativity and bad energy, and I need to see. At some point, Luis says, Father Antonio had him remove his boxers for the massages, and a towel was placed over his lap. During one of the sessions, another parishioner who was helping Father Antonio stood next to the bench where Luis lay and held onto his hands. Luis says all at once, without warning, Father Antonio reached underneath the cloth and yanked Luis's penis hard. The quick pull made a popping noise. Luis says he abruptly doubled over and tried to grab at Father Antonio, but he couldn't.
4: Lo que yo escuché fue un fue como algo
2: In case you didn't hear that, the best way Luis can recreate the sound he heard is to pop his knuckle.
4: Le que no me
2: he was angry. He told Father Antonio, do not touch me there. And he says, Father Antonio just said, I had to do it. Luis, visibly upset, said, yeah, well, it's done now.
4: Puse mi ropa y me vine para la casa. boxers estaban manchados.
2: He put on his clothes and he left. His boxers were stained with blood. He says he didn't tell anyone what had happened. He was embarrassed. Because up until that point, Luis had lived kind of a hard life. He says he had been on his own since he was 15. He was kind of a tough guy.
4: He says he had this
2: Mexican machismo in his head. Like, if you're a real man and you've had all of this experience in life, but then someone out of nowhere is able to manipulate you, abuse you, touch you, it's like you're weak. They made a fool out of you. This shame will come back to haunt Luis. It would take him years to find the courage to tell someone what was happening. And when he did, it would divide the church into those who believed the accusers and those who believed Father Antonio.
1: So we met in here uh, at about 7 o'clock on a Sunday night.
2: It's the fall of 2017. Bishop Eric Meniz of the Anglican Diocese of San Joaquin gets a call from a parishioner who says he needs to talk. And he isn't the only one.
1: Three men arrived and um, shared with me their story. I immediately believed it. It was clear that uh, something awful had happened.
2: The next day, Bishop Meniz met with Father Antonio and informed him of the allegations.
1: And his immediate response was to say, yes, I learned this healing ministry in in India. And I just said, no, you didn't.
2: Luis was one of several men who eventually came forward to meet with Bishop Maniz. He says when he did, he almost wanted the bishop to say, yes, this is a normal thing. I do it all the time. This is something priests do to heal people. But that's not what Bishop Meniz said. He told Luis, no one should ask you to take your clothes off. Bishop Maniz worked with Father Antonio to draft a statement for him to read at Mass. But that Sunday, Father Antonio didn't show up. In a cell phone video taken at Mass, you can make out Bishop Mani's figure around the backs of people's heads. He's standing at the altar, dressed in Anglican robes and holding a staff. In the audience are Maria and Chava, whose marriage Father Antonio said God had saved. He reads, there is a credible basis to believe that Father Antonio was involved in sexual conduct with adults under his pastoral care. At some point, people start getting up and walking out. You don't see this in the video, but parishioners who were there that day say people were so upset, they started crying and demanding proof. When Bishop Meniz is done, he sits down near Maria.
3: I'm sitting there and he's all, it's really sad, huh? And I said, yeah, what did he do? Because I really wasn't a witness at all. I'm a woman, I'm not a guy. I never went through that with him. And he said, Oh, he's touching inappropriately. And I thought, well, the bishop is American. He probably has never seen sovadores, you know, when people rub a part of your body to heal it. And I said, that's it? And then bishop turned around and said, do you think it's normal for a priest to say, I need to masturbate you to read your semen? And I could not believe that.
2: Father Antonio's supporters held a rally outside of church to defend him. They accused the alleged victims of making up lies because they were in the U.S. illegally and wanted papers. By December, people at church were getting together for the holidays, and they talked. Did he ever touch you? Did you ever see anything? Why would a grown man allow this to happen? One parishioner says she overheard a woman say, Father Antonio has done that to my husband many times. My husband likes it. Every time he gets paid, he goes to the priest for a
4: massage.
2: Luis says he didn't want to talk to the police. Because of his background, he didn't want to be involved in a court case. He says a couple of times he would make the decision to speak with a detective, but then he would get nervous and change his mind. But one day, he says, he found out Father Antonio had started a new church— He thought about his nieces and nephews, and he picked up the phone.
4: I want to uh, thank everyone for coming out to this news conference this afternoon. And uh, it's uh, an unfortunate news conference that we're having to to have as a result of uh, an arrest that was made in our city yesterday by our investigators. Fresno
2: police arrested Antonio Castaneda in February 2019. He was ultimately charged with 22 counts of battery, sexual battery, attempted sexual battery, and attempted to sway a witness. At a press conference, then-Police Chief Jerry Dyer said Father Antonio seemed to be preying upon Spanish-speaking undocumented immigrants and urged more people to come forward to law enforcement.
4: I have absolutely no question in my mind that there are hundreds of victims out there. We have spoken to three.
2: Dyer said detectives came up with the hundreds estimate by looking at the number of people who had come forward so far, times the number of years Father Antonio had been an active priest in California and Washington state. The way he described it, a zebra doesn't change his stripes. Bishop Menis says more than 40 people have told him they or someone they know were abused, but only nine have been willing to testify against Father Antonio in court. Luis says he didn't know about the other alleged victims until they were brought together in the district attorney's office. He says there were a lot. He was kind of surprised.
4: In
2: court, each of the alleged victims, almost all adult men, came face to face with Father Antonio, and they told their stories.
3: Like, the things he would ask me, like, he's like, oh, what do you feel? Like, do you feel any, like, Attraction, like no, what would I feel that like? I believed in him,
0: I believed in the priest. I thought he was touching me, massaging me for spiritual reasons. You'd go there with faith, blinded by faith, saying he's going to cure me, I'm going to feel better. When it was all a lie, it was all bad. It's kind
3: of like, Am I still a man? Or am I like, Am I even man enough? Because, you know, it's just like, I'll let another guy touch me.
2: One man said he met Father Antonio while in rehab. Another, right after the death of a child. Another man said he attempted suicide after the alleged abuse. And still another said the priest knew his parents were undocumented and warned him not to tell anyone about what had happened. When Luis heard the other men's stories, it dawned on him. Maybe Father Antonio picked people who he thought wouldn't go to the police. I tried to get an interview with Father Antonio through his defense attorney, Ralph Torres, but he advised him not to speak with me.
4: This is not unusual. This is a cultural thing.
2: Torres says Father Antonio denies all of the allegations.
4: Culturally, this type of uh, healing massage happens all over
0: Latin America, Mexico, and in the United States. Nothing
4: unusual about that.
2: A reporter asked Torres, whether masturbation and ejaculation as part of some sort of traditional healing.
4: We're saying that that's incorrect.
2: You're
0: that, that, that never happened.
2: Father Antonio is now awaiting trial. If convicted, he faces up to 23 and a half years in prison. It's unclear when the trial will take place. Until then, he's out on bond.
0: After
2: Father Antonio left Our Lady of no. Guadalupe he found a new home.
0: Casaos,
2: An organization with headquarters in the UK called the World now Communion of Christian Celtic Convergence Churches invited Father Antonio into their fold. The organization's website says it's open to ordain bishops, priests, and deacons who have failed previously in church leadership, regardless of their history, status, and damage. With that support, Father Antonio opened Iglesia del Espiritu Santo, or Holy Spirit Church, in Fresno. At Sunday Mass, Father Antonio walks slowly up to the altar, followed by a procession of assistants dressed in white robes. Former parishioners of Our Lady, who now attend Mass here, say Father Antonio never touched anyone, or at least they never saw anything. Trust us, they say, he really wouldn't do something like this.
3: A lo mejor inventaron eso, a lo mejor querían porque violaciones para un niño. They probably made it up. Rape is something that happens to kids because they're defenseless. Rape of an adult? Sounds like they made it up to tell you the truth. What would they be afraid of? Look at the size of the father. They're tall and grown men. It's illogical and dumb. When I found out, it made me laugh.
2: Maria thinks Father Antonio's church was
3: a cult and that his followers can't see it there is always that need and when he finds that need and he takes helps you with that need you know you're so forever grateful you really are and and it blinds you and all, you know these the, all of these brothers and sisters that are there at the at the new church with 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 um Antonio they're still there following the practices learning from him trusting him so i do understand why they don't see it I'm almost afraid that I could be one of them. How, you know, why could I see it and they can't? She and Chava say, looking back, they can see
2: the warning signs they missed. Like how Father Antonio ridiculed the members of his inner circle in front of each other. And yet he also made them feel special, like they were celebrities. Do you see how they look at you, he would say, about the rest of the congregation? So when he did something they didn't like, they kind of let it go. Because Maria
3: says they felt so grateful and maybe even afraid. It's like any abuse. He takes a little bit of you and a little bit of you and wraps it around and wraps himself around you, around you, around you, and pretty much you don't see yourself.
2: Some of the men I talked to say when they went to Father Antonio's office for prayer and he asked them to take their clothes off, they knew they felt uncomfortable and they never went back. Since everything came out into the open, people have asked Luis, if Father Antonio was abusing him, why go back? And yeah, there were times back then, Luis says, when he would start to question it himself. But then he would go to Mass, and there would be Father Antonio, who would say, You know, you don't look good. You should come see me.
4: He would get this feeling that he was
2: bad, or at risk of falling back into his old life. And he didn't want that. He wanted to be okay. So he'd go back for another session. He says he's realized he has to be okay with himself before anything else. And it took a long time to see that. If I had seen it sooner, he told me, I swear to you, I would have never gone back.
0: Si tuvieras fe, si tuvieras fe como un granito de mostaza, eso dice el Señor.
2: And that's the California Report magazine for this week. We're a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Julia McAvoy and Sasha Coca edited this story. The California Report's senior editor is Victoria Moleon. Rob Spate is our technical producer. He also composed the original music for this piece. Special thanks this week to Monica Lamb, Miranda Lightsinger, Alex Emsley, David Weir. Amanda Font, and Univision for publishing this story in Spanish. I'm Alex Hall. Sasha Coca will be back next week. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories.
1: Support for the California Report comes from Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing, through science, the interdependence of all living systems.